Race Tech is a spot to go, people, for motor work, for suspension work, and uh, even parts. If you just want parts for your suspension, uh, Racetech.com will do it and send it over to you. Bushings and seals and springs and services, and they got motor services now. they got engine and suspension seminars happening over at Racetech. They have been helping the riders, whether it's Doug Dubach back in the 80s to Malcolm Stewart winning Montreal Supercross to zombie Chris Blose uh, crushing it. Racetech has been there throughout the decades at Racetech.com. The best part of it is anything that you buy from Racetech or any service that you get from Racetech, if you tell them you listen to Pulp, they'll give you a discount. Racetech.com, thank you for the supporting those guys. On to the show. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show, presented by Maxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,700 podcasts delivered with over 17 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast with Michael Willard. Yeah, two-time Canadian uh, motocross champion and all-around good guy from Ohio. Uh, stoked to talk to Michael and uh, find out uh, a little bit more about his career and what he's doing now and, and everything else. So thank you for listening. Go to motorsport.com. Check out the Fly Racing line. Go to flyracing.com. Check out the Fly Racing line. Uh, Brayton's wearing Fly Racing. Zach Osborne's back and wearing Fly Racing. The Rocky Mountain KTM guys will be wearing uh, Fly Racing as well. And so should you, man. They've got lines... Uh, uh, vented lines for the summer. They've got uh, uh, lines that don't vent that well for the times like now in the winter. Uh, CP helmet, of course. Uh, the formula helmet's fantastic. It's amazing. It's lightweight. It's quiet. It's super safe. But now they have the formula CP, which is the same safety features, but just a little bit different price. Uh, they got the Zone Pro goggle. A lot of things going on with the folks at Fly Racing, and I urge you to check them out next time you're in the market for gear or boots or goggles or helmets. Uh, read up about that uh, uh, the Formula Helmet with the Rion technology, man. You'll be impressed. I promise you. Uh, also, thanks to the folks at Renthal. More championships than all the other brands combined. A fraction of a second, a few grams, a couple of millimeters. It all counts. Welcome to the winning world of Renthal. Renthal.com. Thanks to the hard work and dedication to detail. The Renthal factory has been helping world-class riders achieve their championship goals. Since the beginning in 1969, uh, Monster Energy Kawasaki, Factory Honda, Red Bull KTM. Think about the riders that have used rent all over the years and dominated McGrath, RJ, Stanton, Tomac, Cooper Webb. Yeah, Renthal. Renthal.com for more information. Chains, grips, bars, uh, lots of things going on at Renthal. And, man, you know the quality is super, super good as well. So thank you to Renthal. Uh, also, thanks to Maxxis Tires. Uh, again, developed by Jeremy McGrath. The MXSTs are used by those dudes over at the SGB Maxxis Honda team. A-Ray, Cade, and uh, um, Jace Kessler also just signed up. Thanks to Maxxis. Light truck tires, mountain bike tires. They're fantastic mountain bike tires. Trailer tires, UTV stuff. 
Maxxis.com has got you covered. And, uh, hey, look at Lupino. He w- used Maxxis tires to win the motocross the nation. That's pretty cool, right? So Maxxis.com for more information. Thank you to Motorsport.com and Coba Links. We'll talk a little bit more about them later. Uh, and thank you to you people for checking it out. Don't forget, check out the Re-Raceables podcast uh, if you can. It's a brand-new show, brand-new feed. Weege and I are partners in this thing, doing it each and every week and talking about old races and having some of the people that were involved in them uh, come on the phone as well. So the Re-Raceables podcast, check it out. Search it. Uh, search the archives for Steve Mathis' show. This is not the only show I've done with the Steve Mathis show. There's three bits of archives, so check those out. Uh, PulpMX.com to read stuff, uh, RacerX magazine. I got a lot going on, and I appreciate the support from you people, and uh, it's been great. So let's keep it going, and thank you for listening to this Michael Willard interview. Here he is talking about all the old days and, uh, and more. Thanks for listening. And now, as promised, on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, a guy that I've known for a long time. I saw him up in Canada for a couple of years, dominating up there. And uh, Arena Cross, Supercross, he's from Ohio, a very fast amateur as well. Michael Willard, what's up, Willard? How are you, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for doing this. You know who will be stoked to uh, hear this podcast? Who's that? Zach Osborne. He has, he has nice. told me a couple of times, he's like, hey, dude, you ever talk to Willard? And I'm like, no. Have you ever talked to Willard? I'm like, no. He's, and finally, he's like, okay, here's his number. So, Zach Osborne, uh, a big reason why I'm doing this. Awesome. So, how do you know Zacho? Um, just growing up and racing. Um, I, uh, well, we met him down at uh, Muddy Creek. Okay. Uh, I think he was on a 50. He's just getting on a 60. But, um, you know, every time we go down south and race, we would uh, see him and his, you know, family, Mark and Kim. Yep, yep. And, uh Man, one year, I think it was right before Loretta's, um, we went down there for a race, and Zach's dad, Mark, asked for me to uh, come down and ride with him. Okay. And, uh, yeah, we, uh, I think it was like six hours from my house, but uh, we came down and, yeah, just did some riding for about a week. And then just from there, developed a pretty good relationship with him and okay. ended up going down there and staying for a few years. Ah, okay. So that's, yeah, I couldn't quite figure out because how old are you now, Mike? I am 35. Yeah. So, I mean, Zacho's, I don't know, 28, you know, whatever. Zacho is 30. I guess he's 30, right? Um, yeah, I think so. So, yeah, I, was, I couldn't quite figure out how you guys cross paths, but okay, got it. So, yeah, now I know. Um, and also, too, remember, hey, back then, so I was working for KTM in like 2000, 2001, and yeah. uh, I was working for Kelly Smith. And, man, they were so stoked on Osborne, like, as being their next, you know, Carmichael, like the amateur guy, right? Like, they they were all in on Osborne as an amateur. <laughs> so, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, definitely. He was, too, especially when that 85 came out, man. Yeah. He was the, uh, yeah, he was the one for that bike. And, man, he rode the crap out of him. I know they did, like, a lot of R&D work and stuff with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Ended up being a good bike. Um, all right, so uh, you're back in Ohio. Uh, you're born and raised out there. Um, what are you doing now? What's going on with Michael Willard? Um, nothing at the moment, just working. Um, my dad owns a uh, lawn care landscaping business. Okay. So uh, just doing that. It's only me, him, and another guy. So it's, you know, it's a local small business. But, sure. uh, I mean, you know, keeps me out of trouble and uh you know i get to go racing every weekend kind of make up my own hours and everything and right you know i got two boys now oh and a daughter wow. yeah yeah nice so uh both my boys are riding um 
Carson, he's my my youngest. He rides a 65 KTM, and then Cruz rides a 85 KTM. So we've been hitting the Buckeye Series races here lately, um, doing all those, and uh, that's about it, man. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. And you were you? Uh, I heard you tried for Loretta's, right? You were going to go for Loretta's this year. Uh, yeah, kind of. Okay. Um, I've been on a, yeah, was waiting on a 450 for a while uh-huh. um, to come in because you know everybody's. Uh, you know, doesn't have bikes. I know, yeah, whatnot. But uh, uh, I was waiting on a 450. I had a 252 stroke, and I did the qualifier. And uh, my brother, he wanted to try for 30 plus, I believe it was. And uh, so we went to the regional, and I ended up crashing a couple times and getting a few bad starts on the two stroke. So mm-hmm. didn't end up making it. I actually, got 11th, but uh, 11th or 9th, I forget. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ever. I didn't make it, so right, it doesn't right. matter. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so you were uh, a very good main event guy, you know, won two titles up in Canada, a very good rider. When you get on a bike now, um, are you frustrated by because you kind of know what to do, but you can't quite do it because you don't ride all the time? Do you do you still love it? Like, what's your, what's your relationship with racing and riding dirt bikes now as a, somebody who did it at a very, very high level? Um, Actually... I almost enjoy it more now okay. than I did when I was racing professionally. Um, you know, just cause I have both my boys riding and I mean, it's just fun to go to the races every weekend and be with like, you know, your group of yeah. people yep. as far as, you know, my brother, he races and his son races also. So, I mean, we got like a whole group of guys. We go every weekend, and it's it's just a blast. Okay, so you're you're good with it. Like you're not like all pissed off because you're not as fast as you used to be. Or uh, sometimes, sometimes <laughs> I do, but uh, yeah, sometimes there's you know things you want to do on the bike, and you know to do it, but yep. your body just can't do it for you, pretty much. So yeah, um, yeah, sometimes you get a little frustrated, but you know it's all good. What are you riding? What do you got right now? Uh, I got a KTM 450 and a KTM 252 stroke. Okay, and you know one of the last times I saw you racing, you you qualified in the main event for the for the two stroke, right? What was yeah, Seattle was, or something, uh, right? Yeah, 2007. Yeah, I believe it was. Yeah, you crushed it on the two stroke. People were loving yeah, it man. back then. Yeah, that bike was awesome. <laughs> um, so that's good. You're back home, and uh, you know you're riding with your boys and everything else. Are, are you? Uh, you still feel pretty fast on a bike? Like you still feel like you can haul the mail a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes, uh, you know, some weekends I'm not as comfortable, but then there's weekends where I kind of like impress myself a little bit. But, okay. Um, I mean, we got like a good group of uh, A riders around here. Actually, most of them are vet riders. Uh, we got like Levi Kilbarger, James oh. Justice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like this weekend, Jeff Gibson. Gibson so, um, is still out there riding. Oh, yeah, dude. man. He's nearly 40 years old, and he still goes just as fast. Does he Actually, really? I think he might be faster now than he was. No way. Gibson. Yeah. yeah. He was, dude, he's a great rider. He was a great rider. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, that's funny. What about Greg Rand? Is he still around? Does anybody know where Greg Rand is? Um, I have no idea, to be honest okay. with you. Yeah. Um, uh, I look back to you, you had Dunaway and yourself and Jeff Gibson, Greg Rand, uh, David Hand, uh, Ohio, 
had a like obviously Sellards. Uh, Ohio was good, man. You guys had some really really strong competition. I don't know where you fall in that age group of those guys I just mentioned. You know, Rand's way older. Uh, um, mm-hmm. You know, but but I'm that was a pretty good era for Ohio motocross. Oh yeah, um, definitely. I'm on the younger end of that, but uh, right. Um, actually, Mark Burkhart. Uh, oh, Burkhart. Yeah, forgot about yeah, Burkhart. Yeah, uh, yeah. He grew up in Pickerington which is only about 20 minutes from my parents' house. But uh, back when I was on 60s and 80s, that's who we spent most of our time riding with. And, uh, man, I think he's one of the ones that that I looked up to the most as far as coming from Ohio. Yeah. he Didn't he straight up beat RC on 80 or 60 or something, Loretta's? Um, Did I hear that? Sure. I don't know. Burkhart was good, though. Oh, yeah. He was super fast, man. Uh, really fast. I actually was his mechanic for Supermoto at Yamaha. Like I was working for Red Dog, and he was injured, and so Yamaha moved me over to the Supermoto side of things. And I, me and Burkhart, man, we were buddies. I, I, uh, I was his wrench for a little while for the Supermoto races. So, yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, he's he was a good dude. Real quiet, but uh, certainly very talented. Um, oh yeah, man. So growing up, that was kind of your guy. And then that's the era. And Sellers is already uh, a pretty good pro at, at this point when you were a kid. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's a real strong area for Ohio. You won a couple – you won a title at Loretta's in 65s. Uh, you got runner-up a bunch of times. Uh, I Funny, though, looking at your Loretta's stuff, Willard, so you got, like, tons of races there in 50s and 65s and 80s. You, got, you raced 105 one year, and then, boom, 125B, and then you were a pro. Like, there wasn't a lot of hanging out of Loretta's on the big bikes. No, um, I've always been a smaller rider, yep. so I pretty much rode at 85 until I was 16. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> But no, uh, I think the first year for 125B, I ended up going, and I think I got, I want to say it was the top five, Uh got top three i think two motos and another moto was bad but um yeah that was it and then when yep. i came back i was going to go to loretta's again in the b class and then uh ended up breaking my collarbone at the regional and couldn't do it and then as soon as i came back from healing up my collarbone i uh just started riding the a class and that was it man did no you have class, so. did you have support from from ktm around that time uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, it was more of like a dealer ride than, uh, you know, uh, the Orange Brigade thing. They yeah, didn't yeah. have that yet. But, uh, yeah, I had like a dealer ride through uh, Wheel Sports. And, um, yeah, man, just got a loaner bike for for the year and just just went racing, man. And we're at this point, um, you know, obviously you want to do Supercross and Motocross. But somewhere along the line, you end up in Canada riding for KTM Canada. Andy White's the team manager. This is Canadian uh, 250 class was split up in coasts. Uh, you battle with Chisholm one year. I remember that. You get two titles. How do you end up in Canada? Who, who calls you? What do you do to go and get a ride up there? Actually, um, I want to say there was like a – uh, something on pit racer about it. Okay. And, uh, my dad's, uh, called up Andy white and, uh, you know, just told him that we would come up and, and race and whatnot. Actually, I don't even think he was gonna, you know, have me on the team, but, um, I think my dad also made a call call into, uh, Rod Bush, which was the president of KTM at the time. And, uh, he called up there and told him to put me on the team and, we went up to the first round. It was uh, 2005, 
the first year they had the the four stroke 254 stroke so um we went up to the first round and i think first moto it was a gopher dunes the sand track Mm -hmm. which i've never ridden anything that sandy before (laughs) in my life so it's like bottomless sand but uh uh first moto crashed like two times i think i think i'm pretty positive i ended up uh with the 10th and then uh second moto man i got the whole shot and never looked back cool yeah and then that was it right andy was like oh yeah, yeah. Andy's like oh this kid's pretty good <laughs> yeah he was super psyched and i was pumped i didn't know how good i was gonna do you right. know but right. uh uh yeah i was excited and then uh we went to the next round and Ended up winning the overall there, and uh, yeah, it's only four race series, so yeah, um, not a, not a whole lot of room for mistake. But uh, yeah, I ended up getting the championship that year. Yeah, that's awesome. And then you did you defend it the next year, or was it that was that the Chisholm year? And then you won it again. Uh, the- that was the Chisholm year. Okay. Yeah, um, we had like a flat tire one round and something. Uh, I think like uh, a valve spring broke or something like that in another round, but. Uh, Chisholm ended up getting the overall, and then uh, the following year, I came back and I think yeah, 2007 and won that championship. Um, everybody who goes to Canada uh, talks about you know how laid back it is, and, and you know uh, my buddies Noof and Galdi, and you know I've known so many people up there. I'm Canadian myself, and they love the atmosphere. It's laid back. It's 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 everybody's kind of friends with each other. You know, you're still racing hard on the track, but did you really enjoy your time up there? Oh yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, everybody was, you know, super laid back. Um, all the teams, you know, they kind of after the races, everybody got mm-hmm. together and yeah. hung out. And I mean, it, it was, uh, you know, just a big group of friends. Really, it was yeah. awesome. Yeah, everybody uh, ends up at the same bar afterwards that that night. Yeah. No, no generally yeah. speaking, from what I've from what I've experienced, um, you did the East Coast, so you would have Gopher. Uh, uh, Sandali, right? Um, Sandali, Saint Julie, oh Saint and, Julie, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Moncton. Did you ever do four fifties up there? Um, I did a few on the, the west. west coast. Yep. Yeah, and then uh, 2011, I rode the 350. Oh, okay. Um, for Andy White again up there. So, uh, but that was it. I mean, that's. I think that's when uh, the 250 class was the full series. Yeah. Um, yeah, they didn't have East or West anymore. Who'd you beat the second title year? How'd that go? Um, I think it was Nick Avenue. Um, um, let me think here. Uh, Mitchell Cook. Okay, yeah, the Blackfoot um, guys. He was a yeah. Blackfoot, right? Uh, and... I think that's it as far. Oh, um, no, Dusty Clapp was on the West. But, yeah. yeah, I think that was it as far as the guys. Um, I was, and there's somebody else I'm trying to think. I was trying to remember in my notes who your teammate was that rode the West Series. Who was that guy? What was his name? Um, Jimmy Nelson was one of the ones in 2005. Jimmy Nelson and Chris Kiefer. And then um, – uh, No, that wasn't it. Nelson rode KTM, though? Before the Blackfoot yeah. deal? Oh, okay. Uh, yep, um, yep, 2005. Who was your other teammate then? It was a guy I'd never heard of before, and I'd never heard of him since. He did the other coast, I'm pretty sure. Uh, damn it, I couldn't not remember his name. Barnes, Barnes. Matt Barnes? No, he did East Coast. Oh, he did East Coast. Okay. Yep. Uh, yeah, Matt Barnes. I'd never heard of him before. I'd never heard of him since. 
So I don't. Yeah, know. he's a he was an Ohio guy. Oh, he um, was. Okay, did you help him yep. get that ride or something? Or uh, uh no, uh, he actually Matt Barnes and Chris Whitcraft were on the team when I went up there for the East Coast. So okay, um, it was pretty cool. I grew up racing with Chris my yep. whole life, and uh, he actually got hurt the first round. I think he broke his femur real bad, yep. and then. Uh, but yeah, Matt Barnes, he was a team green rider. I'm pretty sure at the like during amateur racing and okay. stuff like that. And then uh, one of uh, Brock Seller's real good friends. But uh, yeah, okay. he was up there too. So it was pretty cool, man. It was a good team too. Like you and him were, were good. You guys were, were yeah. yeah crushing it that way. Um, did you make any money doing that? The winning those championships? Like was it? I mean, I know you said four race series and all that, and it's Canadian Moto. Um, like how was the, the money? First year- uh, the first year, no, not really. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a new team. I don't even know if they had enough, you know, money for their their whole budget for the year. But yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the next year, they ended up getting the semi and stuff like that. So uh, we ended up working out a deal with Andy White, mm-hmm. and uh, I was getting paid a little bit per round. And yeah, I mean, I I made enough to be able to go out to California in the winter and uh, you know ride with Michael Sleater and Kiefer and all them. Yeah, and uh, you know go back home during the summer and race up there i'm good buddies with kiefer he does a lot for me at pulp mx he's on the pulp mx show a lot uh what are your memories of a young chris kiefer um <laughs> uh he's pretty wild man was he still chasing uh, chicks was he chasing chicks or was Heather no, around then? no he was uh okay. yeah he was uh i want to say he just got married okay the yep. first year we went up there yeah, and yeah. uh to heather and all he all he talked about was her big boobs all the time, man. Imagine How that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just huge. <laughs> Probably showed you photos at some point. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, I can imagine. Um, so you're up there in Canada. Are you racing in the U.S. at all? Like, or are you just kind of, that's that's your gig, and Andy doesn't really want you to race anything else? And, and what were you doing for U.S. stuff? Anything? Um, 2005, I ended up doing, um, after the series was done, I came down and did, believe it was Steel City at the time. Okay. Yeah, Steel yep. City. And then, uh, but that was the only U.S. national I did that year. Actually, that was the first U.S. national I've ever done. Okay. And then uh, 2006, I think it was kind of the same thing. I think I did High Point and Steel City. Yep. And then uh, 2007 was pretty much the same High Point and Steel City again. But, uh, I mean, yeah, basically it was up in Canada the whole right. time. Yeah. Um, were you, were you kind of thinking to yourself, well, you know, like, you know, you're a good amateur rider and you're a good rider overall. Were you thinking to yourself like, ah, shit, like I really want to get some support in America. Were you t- trying to get some, talk to some teams and, and do that kind of thing? Or were you kind of content to stay up in Canada? Um, I was, yeah, I was pretty content on staying up there. Yeah. Um, I know, uh, there's, uh, you know, Sykra is, uh, from Ohio, from the same town, mm-hmm. uh, that I live in, but, um, we had a good friend there, Ryan Longstreth. He uh, he kind of talked me into coming down and doing, uh, you know, my own little team with the uh, Cycra Racing, mm-hmm. and uh, for 2008, and it was all right. Uh, we started out the year on uh, Hondas, and then for outdoors we switched to Yamahas. But um, I mean, it was okay. I definitely wish I would have stayed up in Canada and kind of rode that out though. Yeah, a little bit, right? I mean, especially like if you could have graduated the 450 class and say battle with Fasciati and Waugh and those guys, that's where, you know, if you finish, stop, stop getting, if you start getting podiums in the big class in Canada, you're starting to make some money. You know, not, oh, yeah. not you're not going to get rich, but you, you know, you're making money. Yep. So, 
Yeah, a lot of lot of uh, uh, main events in your career, a lot of uh, good finishes, a lot of points and stuff. Um, do you have a couple of races that stand out for you as far as the, the best ones? Um, I would have to say 2010 at uh, uh, St. Louis mm-hmm. uh, Supercross. That was one of my favorites. I ended up getting... Seventh. Seventh, yeah, yeah. Seventh overall. So that was good. Uh, 2006, I believe, um, or 2007. Yeah. Um, it was at Toronto Supercross. Uh, Troy Adams was there, and he was like the you know the fast one for the weekend. But uh, Zach Osborne was there. I think I ended up getting fourth overall at that one. That one was good. Um, other than that, man. Yep. That was it for the U.S. stuff. Do you feel like you were a better indoor or a better outdoor guy? Because I know in Ohio, there's a lot of those indoor winter tracks, right? Like, I mean, things that the arena cross-ish, that stuff that you guys grow up on to ride in the winter. Do you feel like you were better indoors or outdoors? Um, As far as, like, arena cross stuff, yeah. But, uh, you know, Supercross is totally different. Yeah. Uh, beast. But, um, um, yeah, I would say indoor stuff um i felt more comfortable outdoors but you know i mean we spend you know five months out of the year riding you know little arena cross tracks anyway so uh mm-hmm. yeah indoors was probably my favorite right right always tough for guys like yourself when you're riding the 250 class and you're going against factory dudes uh it's really tough to make a great bike isn't it yes yes <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes um that's what in 2008 we started the year out on uh, on Hondas and I rode West Coast Supercross. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I definitely was under power a little bit. Uh, thank God a few of them were mud races, so I just rode my practice bike. But <laughs> um, but then I went to 450s for outdoors just yeah. for that reason. And how'd you like 450s outdoors? I loved it. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. Uh, um. It was great. I mean, we didn't really do any motor work or anything to mm-hmm. it. You know, yeah. just got the suspension dialed in, and and that was it. Uh, did you have um, – were you making any money around this time? Did you have any salaries? Did you have anything where you could, like, make a living doing, you know, motocross and stuff? Like, how frustrating um, was it for you? Just uh, – yeah, because basically I was just using all the money for I uh, won in Canada for, uh, yeah. you know, to get me around and stuff like that. So, um the deal really wasn't as sweet as I thought it was going to be, mm-hmm. but um, you know we made it work. Uh, the guys from Cycra helped me out big time, you know, with the with the truck and everything like that. But um, we made it work, and uh, yeah, it was definitely frustrating. Um, you know, I had moose racing; they were. Uh, oh, that's that right! You fans. were a moose guy. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They had some good bonuses and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. other than that, man, it was just purse money that I was getting, and that was it. Tough way to make a living, huh? Oh yeah. Um, would you live in California? Were you out in California? Like when you're doing the West Coast stuff and, and all of that, were you based in Cali? Uh, yeah. I uh, pretty much stayed with uh, – it was uh, Jeff Northrup, mm. Justin Brayton, and Jeremy Hoyer. They all had a house there in uh, Temecula, Marietta. NorCal lived yeah. with Brayton? Oh, yeah, for hold, a while. I think hold, like three, hold four on. years probably. Brayton's like the squarest dude ever. He's in at 8 o'clock at night you know, training and eating right, and then there's NorCal yeah. program. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so how did that was, work? Um, it was all right. I mean, <laughs> Justin definitely kept the uh, kept the house in, uh, you know, in order. But yeah. uh, um, I think uh, Northrop was riding for uh, Babbitt's. Okay. 
Kawasaki yeah. or yeah. Um, what was it called before Babbitt's? Uh, I don't know. Uh, are you talking about the one in Canada or the one down yeah. here? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It was um, Richmond, wasn't it? Or Richmond. Yeah. yeah. Richmond. Right. For Richmond. And then he wrote, and then the next year it was for Babbitt's Kawasaki, but he was doing that. And then uh, uh, Brayton was riding for Moto World. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I was helping KTM out doing some, you know, R&D stuff with Sleater and, you know, some stuff for the race team here and there. And it was great, man. It was definitely an experience. What were you doing uh, testing-wise? Like, what kind of stuff were you doing with, with Sleater? Um, stuff nobody else wanted to do. <laughs> um, uh, like, I think for a while we were trying this air shock. Yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes it would, uh, you know, bust on you going through the whoops and the back end drop all the way down and send you over the bars but we did air shock for a while um you know i would try different stuff with some motors mm -hmm. um uh basically you know help sleeter out with some r&d stuff um it was i mean it was awesome i got to ride the supercross track you know pretty much every day yeah um was you know th they, those pay, guys kinda they pay you like a daily rate for that stuff uh no, no? i was just doing oh, okay. it just for uh Yep. Yeah, just to help out and let me ride and you know, be able to ride. Um, yeah, that's interesting. So, do you do you like back then? Were you starting to get into more of the testing and what the bike's doing underneath you? And you know, you got to give good feedback. You probably got to do some written reports, that kind of stuff. Were you getting into that end of things? Yeah, I was actually. Um, it was uh, it was something new for me. Mm -hmm. um, I enjoyed it a lot. I still do. Now, it, you know, turned me into a pretty picky rider yeah yeah you know my bike setup and whatnot but um yeah it was great um i learned a lot um you know from sleeter and uh, casey lytle also um but uh you know when it came down to the race time it was hard to separate yourself from being you know the test guy yeah. to uh, just getting on the bike and saying you know just ride it no matter if it doesn't feel right or not Kiefer, you know, obviously that's what he does for a living now, and he's a very good test rider, and OEMs use him to develop the production bikes and everything. Was he good back then? Do you remember him being um, smarter about that stuff? Yeah. Uh, Kiefer, he was uh, – I think he just went to Yamaha when mm -hmm. I first okay. came out there. So Sleater was the guy at KTM. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Kiefer, he, he definitely knows what he's talking about. That's for sure. His setup is a little bit different than mine. I'm a short guy. Yep. You know, I kind of like my back end a little lower and, uh, you know, a little choppered out. But, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, as far as, you know, for all around rider setup, he's got it dialed. I don't know. How much do you follow the races now? Are you watching all the time? Are you reading about them or all that stuff? Uh, not as much as I should. Really? Um, okay. Yep. Yeah. Not, well, you know, I catch a main event here and there. But other than that, that's about it. Well, breaking news, uh, Justin Brayton's still really good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, what was a young J Justin Brayton like? Uh, did you see, like, I heard all these stories. Like, he, you know, he t he's, he's talked about riding arena cross with Hagseth and, and Budman and being their teammates and all the stuff that they were doing off the track. And, and you know, and he, his eyes were just wide open. And then he told us about how his very first arena cross in the main event, he had bone stock suspension. Um, so he was like a very unlikely guy to go on to have this career. Yeah, man. Um, he, uh, I mean, when I met him, he was riding for Motor World, and mm -hmm. I think that was the year that that team ended up folding up. But um, yeah, he was. I mean, he's pretty much, you know, the 
face of how you want to be when you uh, are a professional motocross yeah. rider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you, you know, uh, you have a you have a good point there. Yeah, you're right. But uh, yeah, I mean, he was a good dude. Uh, he helped me out, you know, with some stuff, especially with some whoops. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, man. I mean, all them guys were great guys to be with. Always a J- JB, always a nice guy. Always cool. Always classy. Right? Like all that stuff that you just talked about. Just just a really good human being. Yes. Um. So, all right. Uh, I didn't realize you went back to Canada in 2011 to ride a 450. How'd that go for you? Um, not as good as I thought. No, it was the uh, yeah, it was the first year for the 350. Oh, so okay. I rode that, yep. and then um, you know, nobody really had a whole lot of uh, you know, time on it or whatever. But um, I mean, it it went as good as it could. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I would have been on a 450. Probably would have had some better results, but. No, it's all right. You know what's crazy is, and still to this day, that's crazy, Willard, is that Alessi straight up won a moto at Hangtown on a 350. And I, still, I don't know I how still, he did it. I still don't know how that happened. I have no idea. I don't either. Right? I don't either. <laughs> yeah, no. It, the 350 is nothing like it was then, but uh, I still have a bad taste in my mouth about it. Do you? I yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. Like if you're, yeah, I feel like if you're in the 450 class, you should probably – be riding a 450 yeah. for sure but uh yeah i don't know how he did that right. man they really, put, or ripped a whole shot on it they put shorty on it and he's just like dude i can't i can't do it he's like i gotta go i gotta flow the berms in supercross i gotta ride the 250 lines in supercross and these dudes are just coming underneath me hitting me and then still clearing the jump you know he's just like it's impossible so yeah yeah i, I totally agree with him on that one man right. it was uh you know it's pretty frustrating you be behind somebody and uh you know, he couldn't make a pass or something like that, and you know, knowing that you're faster than them, but yeah. all they had to do is just hit the throttle, and they'd stay right in front of you. Yeah, it's uh, it definitely that bike. I never quite understood. Like, I think for vet guys and all that, it's got a place. It's it's not that it doesn't have a place, but it doesn't have a place racing against the fastest of the fast, or the best of the best. You know, so yeah, definitely not. Um, Michael Willett here on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, flyracing.com. Please check them out and uh, go to get it from motorsport.com. Uh, free shipping on anything over 79 bucks over there at Motorsport. They got a dedicated team of gearheads waiting for you uh, to place your order, OEM and aftermarket parts, and go through the banner on pulpamex.com or pulpamexshow.com to save at motorsport.com. Uh, great prices, great partnership with a lot of our guys, and we really thank you guys for supporting motorsport.com over the years. And Coba Links as well. If you're a shorter guy, they're based in Boise, Idaho. They make uh, lowering suspension links for everything from Aprilia to Yamaha. Used by trail riders, motocross racers, and adventure tours everywhere. Pulpamex.com is the co- or Pulpamex is the code to save fifteen percent off on Cobalinks.com. K-O-U-B-A Links.com. Built in Boise, ridden and raced everywhere. Gain some confidence, improve your cornering, increase your plushness, all by having a lower center of gravity, which is what Cobalinks will do for you. Uh, Michael Willard here on the show. So Willard, uh, what did you do after 2011? So you you ride Supercross, uh, you ride a motocross, you do a little bit of uh, everything all sizes of bikes and you race in Canada in 2011. What, what's after that for you? Um, actually, uh, 2010, I had my first kid. So, um, you know, uh, just kind of, you know, did the thing up in Canada, mm-hmm. kind of my last little hurrah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then, um, uh, the next few years I just raced arena cross, uh, during the winters and that was it. Yeah. How'd the arena cross go for you? Um, pretty good. Uh, I got a couple lights titles, um, you know, was a main event guy every mm-hmm. time, uh, you know, for the, for the arena cross class, but, um, you know, got a few po- podiums, 
but I mean, other than that, that was it was just a, a weekend race thing for me. Yeah. Um, like you would, would you have a job? Did you get a job at this point and you were going to arena? Cross yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was working. So, uh, you know, we get off work and yep. on, uh, you know, Thursday and head to the races, man. I bet a guy Drive like you, night. yeah, I bet a guy like you, you know, you're pretty talented. You race at a high enough level where you, you don't need to put in a ton of laps. Every arena cross track has the catapult. They got a second whoops and they got a rhythm, right? Yeah, um, yeah, basically. So, you know, I grew up riding indoor stuff like that. Yep. And, uh, you know, I think half the arena cross class was from Ohio at the time. So you had like Nathan Skaggs, Willie Browning, mm-hmm. Zach Ames, um, Tyler Bowers, uh, all those guys from Ohio. So, uh, I mean. It, is Feld running it at this point? Is it Feld or is it uh, Michael Kidd's, is it Kidd still? Uh, no, it was, uh, yeah, it was Feld. Feld, yeah, okay. Clear Channel. Yeah, yeah, what, whatever, it right. Feld or whatever it was, yeah. Yep. Um, and so were you making any money doing this? Was it okay? I mean, the regional stuff, probably not so much, but the main event, the big the big classes? or Yeah, um, actually, uh, KTM, they were uh, paying contingency uh, for both classes, it was like six hundred, uh, just to make the main, I believe. Oh, nice! So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was sweet, man. So that's why I rode both classes, actually. Right, right. And, um, you know, I'm in. Then, if you were in top ten in points, you couldn't ride the lights class. So, just to make extra money, I would kind of, you know, ride the tenth place uh, <laughs> uh, there for the for the AX class, so I could ride the lights. They're like, look at look at Michael Willard get eleventh again. Damn it! Yep, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> oh, I bet, yeah, because you're you're definitely a top ten guy in arena cross. But uh, yeah, I guess right. You you need to keep your eligibility for the lights. Oh yeah. Um, and so were you traveling all over for that? Were you doing the whole series? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, just in a van. Okay. Um, yeah, had, no, no team. Know, or had nothing. a bike. Yeah. No, no team. Um, actually, uh, dragon fuels, uh, owl biker. Oh yeah. He, uh, he gave me a bike to use for the year mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, I just did that. And then the following year, um, I got one of, uh, one of our buddies bought a new KTM 250F and, uh, junior Jackson actually, did the motor and suspension on it for me. And to be honest with you, that was one of the best handling two for the S I've ever had. Yeah. Um, I didn't really ride a whole lot all summer long. Um, we went to the first round and, uh, let me think here. It's, uh, Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And he brought the, I sent, I took the bike to him about a month prior and, uh, he brought it to Baltimore, man. I hopped on it and, I came around for first lap of practice and hit the whoops. And that was like the best I've ever went through a set of whoops. And man, that bike was awesome. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. So, you know, everybody rides arena cross and I've talked to a ton of them. They all have amazing stories of getting taken out or taking people out. So what's, what's the best one you got? Um, not really any takeouts. Um, I did do one, which I feel absolutely horrible about it was at the last round with the demons okay which, uh, you know was a friend of mine. Yeah, yeah yeah um i was in second he was in third and he came to do a pass on me and uh he stuck it well we went into the next turn before the catapult and i came in on him and he kept going and i kept going and he ended up uh, washing the front wheel off the top of the berm and uh, couldn't get his bike started but uh, I think he would have been second 
in points if that wouldn't have happened. Oh boy. So yeah. So it was it was a bad night. And I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, yeah. Honestly. I mean, I was just psyched to be in second place. So I didn't know anything about it. And then at the end of the race everybody was like, dude, he's gonna whoop your ass. I'm like, oh, <laughs> the sheriff is coming. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh Michael Willard here on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. So at some point, Willard, um, you know, obviously you've had a long career in moto. Injuries happen. Um, these things uh, are, are common for most racers. At some point, you start taking some pills, right, for, for to help help ease pain yeah. from surgeries uh, and stuff? Uh, no, it was just a, a nerve thing in my back. Um, you know, started taking them. Uh, found out later that it wasn't doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, man, just kind of, you know, went a little overboard with it and – so do, is this a prescription or do you get these somewhere else, these pills? Oh, no, I was buying them yeah. on the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so, um, one thing leads to another? Yeah, one thing leads to another. And then, uh, you know, I'm, sooner or later I'm broke, you know, sleeping on my parents' couch. Me and my boy's mom split up. Yeah. Um, you know, just super down in the dumps, uh, you know, not thinking life was ever going to get any better. So. You know, I was just trying to medicate myself pretty much. Right. Kind of, you know, I mean, it wasn't doing it. By that time, I had a back surgery. I had to have some nerves burn off. Okay. Of the lower lumbar. So um, that was, I mean, that was done. So, you know, I mean, there really wasn't any reason for the pills. But, um, you know, ended up sleeping on my parents' couch, uh, broke, and uh, just decided I needed to do something about it. But I did. I got off the pills, but I just switched it for another drug and uh, speed and pretty much, man. Dude, that's gnarly. That's, gnar- that's, yeah. Willard, that's yeah, gnarly. That's when, everything, that's when everything went to shit. So ended up getting in trouble, uh, doing some jail time and uh, catching a felony. Really? What were you were you stealing to get money to get drugs? Or? No. Okay. Uh, no, I just got pulled over. Okay. And, uh, had it on me. Um just got to aggravate a possession charge. Okay. And then had to do the uh, the probation stuff. And then Licking County, it's pretty strict. They got like one of the best probation departments there is. And, uh, you know, kind of had a couple violations, had to go in, do some time. Okay. So I was going to say, because you don't just go to jail for that. You had to have violated, yeah, your parole at yeah, some point, yeah, right? Yeah, probation. Yeah. Uh, both times it was like right when my probation was about up. Ended up, uh, he did a home check, uh, had alcohol in there, and uh, that was a violation. Uh, got pulled over at another time. Uh, the person I was with had a warrant. That was a violation. So, uh, yeah, it sucked. I bet. Um, what? So the pain pills are just, you know, your oxy and that kind of stuff. And, you know, that's a, that's a common problem in the motocross world, as you've probably found out or talked to people, right? I mean, this is... These drugs are so addictive. They're so good. They work. They work to ease your pain. Uh, whether you have, you know, motocrossers, of course, all are in pain. Uh, guys that like yourself that you know put so much time on their on their bikes and on their bodies. And man, these things are super addictive, aren't they? Yeah, it's bad. Um, I mean, you know, it, it takes care of your pain. One, you know, is one thing, but it just the way it makes you feel, man. Yeah. It just. I mean, just kind of melts you, makes you feel like nothing, you right. know, nothing to bother you or anything. So, yeah, it's super addictive. Um, especially out in California, I kind of realized like 
they're way easier to get out there mm-hmm. than they were here, you know, as far as with the doctors and stuff like that. So, right. um, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of riders that have went down, you know, the wrong oh, yeah. path because of that. Yeah. You're far from the only guy, you know what I mean? Uh, it's yeah. a, it's a scary thing. And, and I think it's even just affecting, you know, society in general, they give these things out yeah. pretty easily and they're pretty addictive and you got to really fight to, uh, to take off of them. You know, I had back surgery myself and, I was on them for a week and got off of them and never looked back and didn't care and didn't want them. But, you know, if you have a certain neurological issue, you could want those, that feeling again and again and again, you know? Yeah. Um, what, what is doing speed like? Is it just an amplified version of that? Is it just gnarlier? Uh, I mean, yeah. Um, you know, it's just like uh, be like taking a bunch of Adderall, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, uh, I actually – I don't want to say it was a good drug to trade out from the pills because, you know, yeah. if the pills, I would, I was at the point to where it was coming down to start to do, you know, stuff like heroin and stuff like that. So, you know, doing the speed got me off the pills, but then again, it didn't fix my, my addiction problem with the, mm-hmm. you know, with the drugs. But, um, I mean, I loved it. I still do. So, you know, anything that has to do with it or, you know, around it or that yeah. makes me think of it, I just I just can't be around. Sure. Yeah. Well, it's smart of you to realize that um, and to know that, right? Uh, yeah. How long do you spend in jail? Um, with, like, the violations mm-hmm. and everything, uh, it was close to a year with uh, just, just county time. I didn't have to do any prison time, but right. – um, yeah, it was just county time. What's that like, man? What what is take us through that? Is that just miserable? Yeah. There's just it no is, way around yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just uh you know, the people in there I mean, I'm sure everybody says stuff like this, but you know, I'm not that crowd. So right. you know, just listening to all of them people talk about the stuff they're doing and you know, the crap they got away from, it was just enough, man. It made me wanna freak out. But um just not being able to go outside is the worst thing and knowing that your, your family's, you know, five miles away and you can't see them, you know, besides I, uh, a video visit and that was it. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine what that's like. And then, you know, you're, you're a nice dude. I've known you for, you're not, you're a hard, you're not a hardened criminal. You're not a gnarly guy. You're just a, a really good dude who, you know, is good at motocross. You had to be like, I mean, you're like, okay, like you've done some drugs and you've done some bad things to end up in there. But there was a, most of those people in there, I assume, were a lot worse, did a lot worse things than you did. And so you're probably oh, just yeah. like, oh my God, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I was, uh, I was, uh, you know, pretty much by myself as far as that goes. Um, yeah. You know, some of those guys, they liked being in there. It was weird how they talked and everything like that. They just really? enjoyed being there. Yeah. yeah, it was like, you know, they got to see all their friends they hung out with when, on the outside and whatnot. So for me, I was, I mean, I was absolutely miserable, um, you know, and every day felt like a week out here. So um, it just drug and drug and drug on, but it's done and over with. Um, is know, that I'm, is that where you got cleaned up in jail? Is that? Like, uh, yeah. 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 So like that was, uh, that was your wake up call. Like, I can't believe I'm here. This is life changing. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I just didn't want to go back again. Right. So I ended up having to do three more years probation mm-hmm. and completed that. And basically, uh, that was it. 
Yeah. Uh, just never look back on it. Um, well, good for you. Know, you. I still, good for you, man. Yes, yeah, I, I still think about it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you know when I'm down and whatever. It's, I mean, it's 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 a lot easier to get than what people think. Any of it is. I mean, you just. I mean, you can turn a corner in our town and, really? and have whatever you want. Yeah. So yeah, it's bad. It's bad right now. But um, you know, it's just a uh, people, places, and things I avoid. So. Um, you know, and at that time, man, I wasn't racing Mm -hmm. or anything or doing any type of riding. Um, you know, I was still dealing with, uh, my boy's mom, you know, trying to get custody of my kids. And that was, you know, weighing on me a lot, Yep. but you know, there's no reason to be doing any of that stuff. It was just, uh, you know, a temporary feeling that would, uh, only make me numb. So, um, well, good for you. Thanks for telling your story. Hopefully it helps somebody. It sounds like your it sounds like your dad and parents and family are all behind you helping you out. That's awesome. Nobody turned yeah. their, nobody turned their back on you, right? No, you know, and uh at first, you know, they were you know, obviously super pissed at me, but uh <laughs> I'm sure, right? Yeah. Uh you know, and I was with the pills, man. It was just one of those things. I was I was too embarrassed to mm-hmm. to ask for help, you know. I didn't want them to know I had an issue with it and, yeah. and everything. So, you know, I I just I just didn't want to, you know, I felt like I was letting them down and, you know, you know, they kept asking me if there was a, you know, problem with it or, you know, and I was oh, like, so no, they, so they kind of knew they were like keeping, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. definitely knew they didn't know the, you know, the extent of it, but, um, and well, I guess now they do since, mm-hmm. since the interview here, but, um, yeah, I mean, they were behind me the whole time at, at first I didn't think they were, I thought they were against me, you know, mm-hmm. just cause of the disappointment, but, they were behind me the whole time, man. Still are. How long did you go without riding a dirt bike? Uh, from 2013 to 2018. Oh wow, five years off the bike for a guy that spent his whole life riding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I mean, now that I can look back on it, I mean, I want to say I was trying to get that rush. Yeah. Yeah. by doing drugs, you know, as I could on a motorcycle and I just couldn't do it, man. There's nothing like it. So the first time you got on a bike, your arms probably pumped up. You're like, Oh shit. <laughs> oh yeah. We went to, uh, I got, a uh, Kawasaki through like the team green program. Okay. Um, for Ryan holiday hooked me and my brother up oh, and nice. we went to, uh, this, uh, track Lincoln trails and, uh, Jeff Gibson was there and I couldn't even like keep it in the ruts or nothing, man. It was like, <laughs> yeah, it was bad. So you're like, what uh, the hell has happened to me? <laughs> yeah, pretty much, man. I'm like, like you said, I knew what to do, but right. I just physically couldn't do it. I'm like, you know, going to a turn, I want to lean over and rail the rut and I couldn't do it, man. Uh, maybe I still can't do it. So maybe you can give me a riding lesson, Willard. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, yeah. uh, uh did you when you were in jail? Did anybody know anything about your career and knew that you were on TV and that kind of stuff? And you were like a a, a good supercross rider. Anybody know any of that? No, no, um, no, not at all. You know, I never said it to anybody or anything right, like right. that. But uh, uh, yeah, I just a friend of know. mine. A friend of mine went in for um, some stuff, and uh, he was in a halfway house. It wasn't quite gnarly jail, like sounds like where you were. But um, uh, he said that some of the inmates found out who he was, and they were like, "Hey, man, is this is this is this you? Like in this magazine?" And he was like, "Uh," <laughs> he wasn't sure whether to tell him yes or no, because if it's yes, then 
you know, maybe there's trouble. They think he can, he's got money or something, and you know what I mean. All this yeah. stuff. He was like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> so yeah, I feel you, man. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that's awesome, man. I, I, you know, and it's it's good that you're not ashamed to talk about it. You got to face it. You got to talk about it. it. Happened. It's easy to fall into Willard uh, with the pain pills, and like we talked about, like with so many riders go down that road. I mean, uh, there's some incarcerated incarcerated right now, right? Like Nico Izzy. He is, uh, yeah. it started with pain pills for him and he went way down yeah. there and, and Austin Stroop's had his problems. Austin and Stroop, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, dude, it is, it's gnarly. And, um, you know, I think it's a, as a country, we have a problem with, with just giving them out like candy and then not, maybe not making sure people are okay. So, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I feel like there should be, you know, they, they give you the drug, but they should also, you know, prepare you for when you have to stop taking them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, uh, I mean, I, I think, you know, as far as being there and going down that road, you know, for anybody that's, you know, heading down that, that path also, like, don't be afraid to ask for help, man, because if you don't, then it's all bad. It just gets out of hand and, you know, you start losing, you know, people's trust and, you know, respect and everything. It just mm-hmm. sucks. Are you on Instagram? Uh, no. Okay. I was going to say people can reach out to you if they, if they have some, you know, if they want to reach out to you, but no. yeah. Um, yeah, stay away, stay away from social media, Willard. It's bad anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like a social media hermit anyways. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I got Facebook like probably about three months ago, just so I could get on the selling wall. <laughs> Oh, nice, yeah. nice. I, I like it. That's about it, man. Right, right. No, I like it. Um, what's what's a race that stands out for you as one that you just think about and and you were on and you felt great and and you know that that do you have a couple of races that come to mind where you were just like crushing it? Uh, yeah, probably. Um, actually, recently I went to uh, Redbud for Vet Fest. Oh, you did? And, oh, cool. Oh, yeah, man. And the track was awesome Mm -hmm. like that was the best i've ever seen that place like the bumps you know the breaking bumps everything it was like just perfect it couldn't have been formed any better but uh um you jumped the leap yeah we got the leap oh yeah jumped the leap nice yeah oh yeah that's by far one of the funnest biggest jumps i've ever hit in my life so Dude, there's um, no pain actually, pills. There's still no pain pills that can replicate hitting that fucking leap. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to get at, man. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. There's nothing like that. Not a feeling in the world, that's for sure. So, okay, that's awesome. So it's recently for you then that you felt really good and you felt like, yep. yeah, yeah. Um, there would be that. And then uh, the first year up in Canada, uh, the last round at St. Julie, mm-hmm. um, Chisholm was in the lead, I think, by one point And... Yep. I had to beat him the last moto for the overall, and I, he got the whole shot, and I was right behind him the whole moto until the last, I think it was uh, two lap board came out, mm-hmm. and I made a pass on him, man, and I think it just kind of took the wind out of his sails. But, uh, yeah, as soon as I made the pass, I just pinned it for the last two laps and ended up getting the championship. So I think that was the that was probably my, my favorite race. That's awesome. No, that's cool. Yeah, and especially Chiz. Like he's dude. He's an all time amateur, right? At that point, he's coming in hot. Like uh, oh yeah, uh, team big team green guy and everything. So um, yeah, that sounds awesome. Uh, well, man, um, let's do Loretta's next year. Let's make it. You got to d- get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm actually going to come out to uh, Glen Helen here next month for the for the World oh, are you? Championship. Oh, I'll be so, there. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. Uh, I'll, I'll be there be with there. Kiefer. Um, 
yeah, I'm going to ride one of his bikes, actually. Oh, I didn't know this. Okay. All right. Yeah. Kiefer needs to talk to me more and tell me this stuff. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, that'd be great. Yeah, that's a fun time. I, I can only do four or five laps, Willard. I'm sure you'll be much better than I will, but that track gets really, really rough, man. But I'm, I'm stoked that you're back into it, for sure. And, you know, you, you got your, your kids and, and, and you're well on your way. Um, you know, a job and, and everything, man. And dirt bikes kind of helped you get back into it. So that's good. That's cool. Oh yeah. Um, definitely. You know, uh, one of the hardest things was to not ride my motorcycle. You know, I've done it my whole life and, uh, my family has, and, you know, to be away from that, I was, I was just pretty much lost. Um, you know, just trying to find something to, uh, to get me that rush and that thrill that riding my motorcycle does. And there's, there's nothing out there that will, man. Um, I know, uh, riding again and uh being able to ride with my boys um has definitely changed my life and uh for the better and uh i'll probably uh keep doing it till i die yeah, that's awesome good to hear are your are your kids into it like are they they love it they want to keep going like oh, you, yeah. do you see yeah, yourself being it. a mini dad here to loretta's and that kind um, of stuff i don't know about mini dad <laughs> but uh uh definitely if they want to go to loretta's i'm all about it um my oldest boy, he plays football, and uh, I mean, like this this summer, he couldn't race on Sundays because he had to go to football. But um, my youngest Carson, he raced every weekend with me, and you know, I try to work with them a little bit, but they don't want to listen to dad at all. So, yeah, that's a common thing. Don't worry, you got to get somebody else. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, it'll it'll happen. Well, man, thanks for telling your story on the uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast. I know we've been trying to hit each other for a while here. I really appreciate you taking the time for this. Uh, congrats on the championships back in Canada, and congrats on your life getting it back together and all of that, man. It sounds like you're doing well, and I'll, I will definitely talk to you at the World Vets, that's for sure. Uh, thanks, Willard. Awesome. Hey, thanks, guys. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. 
it was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The Dogger, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did, everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled the pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey, 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 hey,